We see a little D, and there's Brittany Grinder goes inside for another dunk. BG got loose on the baseline for a dunk. Final score, Team Stewart defeats Team Wilson, 143 to 126. We're on pace for the most watched regular season in 20 years. And average attendance is up 27% during the first half of the season versus last year. It's Cofield and Company, hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. All right, here we go. Cofield and company on a Tuesday, Battleborn Broadcast Center. We'll talk to our uh, legal insider, Justin Watkins, a little later on, but we're at BBBC. Willie is here. Demond's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. A lot to get to. You hear a uh, radio call of the WNBA All-Star Game. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Some uh, things going down at the break, some things the lady said during the break. So that's all coming up and plenty more on the way, of course, now I guess officially day one of holdouts for running backs around the NFL, like Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Jacobs. So we'll hit that. So busy show today. Good guest spots. Willie is here. What's up, buddy? What's happening? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I didn't get to talk to you a lot at the All-Star Game. Um, you were very busy. That's your main beat. And uh, it's not my main beat, so I was just there to watch the game and do a little bit of coverage. Um, Damon expressed some... Complaints yesterday. Tell me, Damon, if I'm twisting the truth here. You wanted to see a real game, and you were a little disappointed that it didn't seem like the ladies took it very seriously. Complaint is a strong word, but complaint is with all all-star games. It wasn't very entertaining. And you and Adam set me straight yesterday that it's for the fans. But for me being there, I wish I was one of those media members that snuck up to the press box with a tall boy. Um, it doesn't mean that we were right that it's for the fans. I, I thought there were... Okay, well, good. I stand game, by it. The, yeah, I mean, the game, you can you can keep your opinion. If you wanted to see a real game, then that's that's on you. Um, I thought the game was a little bit loose. I mean, the defense was kind of embarrassing at times, just putting your hand up on layups. It wound up being, what, a 269 total. That's generally what basketball all-star games are. I will say one of the off-putting things was some questions in the pregame about who was going to try to win the MVP. I don't think you need to really – like, that's almost too much honesty. Uh, and Becky Hammond joked about Asia Wilson. Well, she better not. Basically, like, we need her to rest a little bit. She played hard, though, and she played a lot. Um, so I, I don't like the suggestion that, hey, it's a meaningless game, and some players are going to play hard and others aren't. So that that was one thing I had a problem with, but it was it was entertaining. They gave the crowd what they wanted. Um, you know, as I pointed out to DeMond after the game, there were hundreds of young fans screaming to get anywhere you know close to their favorite stars. I don't know if the NBA players stuck around. Uh, there were a few there. Some of them look happy to be there. Others, not so much, like Kevin Durant. That was a little bit weird. But what's your comment on the quality of the game? Should we expect a real game when you go to a WNBA All-Star game or an NBA All-Star game? Mm, I think you should expect exactly what you got. <clears throat> um, it, the the defense that you're going to see in terms of any sort of tight physical you know impediment is going to be all in fun in jest like when they put four players on Brittany Griner um there was one time where Brittany Griner kind of held Kelsey Plum down by the back of her neck and they laughed about it there were no free throws um I think you know somebody brought this up to me that <clears throat> the best major pro sports all-star game that's why you have to appreciate baseball because 
they go out there, they pitch, they try, they want to win. There's something at stake, and they're giving everything that they got. And it, you're going out there, and you're you're not you're not you're not lobbing it in. You know you know you're not sort of just sending the ball over the plate and letting somebody take it out. You're actually trying. So it, it is the point. I think it's a sort of a contradictory point. Um, although Demond makes you know he he has his opinion is that. It is for the fans, and that's why it's not competitive. It's all in fun. It's all in, you know, go out there and do what you can. As far as the pregame talk of MVP, you know what miss, I missed? Um, I, I was sort of waiting for someone to say. No one ever said it, but it's if you watched it, the first quarter certainly set up, looked like it was set up to be if Team Stewart won a Brittany Griner MVP to complete the whole welcome back to BG. Yeah. That was the talk for two days. Pre-game, you know, media I think you texted me after the first quarter, yeah. and you're like, oh, it's set up pretty well for Brittany Griner. But Becky Hammond said it in the pregame that for the big players to win an MVP, they got to get a lot of help. Um, and honestly, Brittany Griner, she's gigantic. You know, and I think actually I, I kind of watch her. She has a little, I mean, she was conserving some energy, had a little trouble getting up and down the floor at times. She's so for her, for so in a, a fast game, it's kind of hard for everyone else to wait for her to get up and down the floor to feed her in the post. She definitely, you could tell she she lost a little bit of her step. I would imagine that, you know, this whole season is is experimental. They they have a lot going on with the Mercury. They have a lot going on. They they they've dealt dealt with injuries, both with her, Diana Taurasi, um, a couple of other players. Uh Skylar Diggins-Smith, that I mean, she's still on, she's NWT maternity leave. Well, she's also posting on social media that she's been working out. So not with the team. She basically doesn't want to be there. Um, they're not happy with her. She's not happy with him, with, uh, with them. I had a couple of conversations with some coaches that were in for the all-star weekend, just off the record going, you know, are we going to see her on a team later this year? A lot of them believe that they should be making a deal to do right by everybody. Um, wait, I'm sorry. Where is she in the pregnancy? She had a kid already. It's all done. Yeah. Oh, it's all she's, done. She's paid. <laughs> she's way past the recovery stage of, of maternity. She's been posting on social media, working out in the gym, ready to go, so on and so forth. So, well, know, it's kind of a weird story. What does it say about a league where someone's just going to sit out? I mean, obviously, there's you know the the men's leagues don't don't have to deal unless there's a paternity leave and, and some guy wants to you know hey I, I need four months at home so I'm going to miss part of the season. I don't think we've ever had to tackle one of these. I mean, we sort of did with. Dierka Hamby and apparently Becky Hammond didn't say the right thing and wound up getting fined uh, what a hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars and a couple of games. So, so they have a player just not coming back. Yeah, she's, what a mess that organization she's not is. Not with the team. Wow. Um, we know what happened last year here in Las Vegas between her and Diana. Taurasi. Is that why she's not coming back? Because Tarasi. Well, I think so. They're honoring they're honoring forty year old Tarasi. They have a good player in Diggins who doesn't want to come back because she hates Tarasi, and then. Brittany Griner is still a pretty good player, but obviously you have to play old school basketball, which the good teams in the league don't play old school. Let's throw it down to the five and bounce it seven times. So what the hell's going on with the Mercury? And their point guard is an up-tempo athletic player who could lead a different tempo style in Suge Sutton, who is having a heck of a comeback year. Like it wouldn't surprise me if she got most improved player or comeback player of the year. I mean, she's, she's having a tremendous season for the Mercury. All due respect to, the win column for Phoenix. So, yeah, it's a wild scenario. Back to 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 uh, to BG's physique. I, it'll be interesting to see Phoenix next year because it's a big year. 
obviously she's now she will have one year in it's it's a supposedly dt's last season that's why they awarded phoenix diana tarasi yeah okay. the all-star game um she's coming back again yeah she's on a team where one of the best players hates her that player won't come back but tarasi's coming back again yeah, Skylar Diggins-Smith, I, I would imagine that she's going to be with a different team by the end of the season. Devon, what do you think of this? Sounds weird, doesn't it? Yeah, is Skylar Diggins, is she still a, does she still have any trade value? What's going <laughs> like, Steve, you're right. This is a story to me. I'm kind of just flabbergasted by the whole thing of, let's say, Skylar Diggins, if she's still a top-tier player. I don't think this would happen in any other league where it'd be, hey, the 40-year-old person that, you know, we're just, we know that you're an all-time great, but your better days are behind you. You're gone. Yeah, this is You're one of those here. where this is a team that was if, just in championship contention what two seasons ago. Yeah, it's one of those where an organization or a league can call for more media coverage, but this is one of those times where we're like, eh, good thing everyone doesn't cover us like they do all the other sports. They used to say that about USC all the time. Like, you don't want the coverage that you don't want the smoke that the regular sports get when the crap hits the fan around USC. So we'll get to more uh, women's basketball in the WNBA a little later on. Um a lot going on on TV, a lot of football content. We've been talking a lot about quarterback. We're going to get to that, the show on Netflix. I think we're all at different stages of whatever it is, the eight, nine, ten episodes. We do have Hard Knocks coming up, and I don't know if it was a work. I never know with Aaron Rodgers, but last week he's up at uh, Tahoe, the, uh, the golf tournament, and didn't sound real pleased, saying that basically they're stuffing this down our throats. What do you expect, Willie? It's this is wild because it's not just Aaron Rodgers. Like he's the voice now. He's the face of the team. So he's the one that they interviewed, but it's the entire team. Shefty even put it out there that this is a team that fought back on the whole, not because of just Aaron Rodgers. So let's not just put it on him. He just happened to be the spokesperson up in Tahoe for the Jets. They don't want this there. They don't want the distraction. They don't want anything to do with this show. They already know the expectations. They already know the pressure. They already know what's coming with him arriving. They don't want to be on hard knocks. Um, I expect a lot of testiness when the cameras are trying to do their job. I will say it from a media standpoint, do their job. I'll say it from an athletic standpoint. When they become intrusive, I would expect some brushback. Get that camera out of my face. Putting the hand up, pushing them away, you know, and HBO, Hard Knocks, NFL Films, they'll all, they'll all be saying, hey, we're just trying to do our job. We're trying to do this. And they're going to be like, you're being intrusive. Get out. You I'm really think doing- that's going to happen? Yes. I don't think any of that's going to happen. Oh, really? Yeah. Lee you don't think them. there'll be one time in the entire series that they will? there will not be one time you're saying that they're going to say, get that camera out of my face? How will we know if it doesn't yeah, get on I the just show? Say, you didn't answer my question. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, well, my, oh, my, it'll get on the show. My, my answer is it won't get on the show. No, it'll. The, oh, the Jets have final cut. Oh, or is this going to be the yeah. is, is going to be the Jets' decision? We're going to show us protesting to how much we hate hard knocks. I didn't know the team had the final I, cut. I think we get a little bit of this. Hey, they're going to push back. They don't want hard knocks here until they're on the ground, and it's a pretty light production. The show has actually gotten, even though I love elements of it, the show in a lot of ways has actually gotten kind of boring because. Between the NFL and the team, they cut out too much. They don't want, you know, pot stirring stuff to get on there. Frank, I thought it was interesting last week. Uh, Colin Cowherd gave Hard Knocks credit for putting pressure on the Jets to get a Quinnen Williams deal done, and and I heard Gottlieb try to respond to it, and he had an NFL insider on it was a Mark. Um, I'm blanking on who it was, 
But uh, that that former GM, Anwar Godley, was like, yeah, actually, Colin might be a little bit right. Like, you know, just get rid of material that could be stir the pot material and just get the guy signed. Don't have any contract situations going into hard knocks. But I don't, I don't believe. And listen, Willie, maybe I'm not objective, and I'm getting real protective here of the Jets mm. and my guy Aaron Rodgers. Mm. So maybe you're right. Maybe there'll be some explosive moments, and you know, with tabloid papers around, maybe the New York Post will have sources or see something or the Daily News, and that'll get out. Hold on, I will say this: I'm on the Jet side on this one. I'm just telling you what I'm pre- what I'm yeah. predicting in, in in how the media says one thing. Hey, we're trying to do our job. The the the, the athletes and the team. No, you're being intrusive. I actually am on the Jet side on this one because I they they've been how many teams, Steve? You 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 and Adam watch this show. I don't know, but Demond, if you watch this religiously, but aren't there teams that haven't done this? There's a handful that haven't done this yet, right? Yeah, plenty. Yeah. yeah, I mean the eligibility. So they a terrible organization, basically. Okay, well they they were on in 2012. Right. They can they could force it down somebody else's throat. You just because it's Aaron Rodgers and now you come in there, they don't want to do it. I'm kind of on the Jet side on this one. Well, they can be annoyed. I mean. Honestly, from the league standpoint, how many times are we going to protect the former Redskins? Why, we can't have them on because they're in an ownership transition? That's a perfect reason to have them on. Wouldn't we all love to watch a lot of TV with maybe Snyder slinking around or players able to say, F that guy, I hated him. That's That would be great TV. It would be. We're seeing the light, baby. We're finally gone it from would. the evil Dan Snyder. That would be good TV. But for some reason, the league always steps up and protects Dan Snyder, even when he's on his way out. And by the way, was just further embarrassed the league and Snyder by that ESPN.com story last week. Well, and I, I I would imagine one reason isn't necessarily protecting him, but protecting the shield in sort of glorifying a team that has so many very questionable storylines behind it in terms of misogynistic this and that. So it's also a very touchy situation to sort of promote, if you will, that organization. The Jets are skating here. I, I, I Like the, the, excuse me, the Washington football team, they're still a football team to me. I don't see, like Dan Snyder's got nothing to do with it. They are the most entertaining team that fit in the criteria for teams to be selected. So what? You don't want to be on the show. The Baltimore Ravens did this show the year after winning a Super Bowl. I know that so many players, I just want to do my job. Coaches, I just want to do my job. Well, you know what part of your job is? It's entertainment. I know that you still get, you know, your money. You win your, you get your money by winning games, but you have to entertain. This is an entertainment product. At the end of the day, you are catering to your fan base, and the show isn't that hard hitting. So what? You, people love to see, hey, the rookie singing. Who's that third string receiver that's barely get on the team? I've never watched a season of Hard Knocks where it's just eighty percent starting quarterback material. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Hag to sign their deal. Close to home, Josh Jacobs did not. Barkley did not. Pollard did not. Running backs did not sign their franchise tag. So we got a big issue. It's been brewing for... A while. You know, it's interesting on the Sporting Tribune uh, website you work on with uh, our buddy Arash. I saw today the uh, story about the Chargers and the three players that need to step up in camp. It was kind of interesting. It just shows how good the Chargers are because the players are not that important. In my mind, it was backup running back, 
Uh, Kenneth Murray, who I guess it's important, but I'm I'm thinking they're ready to move on. They didn't pick up his fifth year. Um, and also a safety. Meanwhile, with the Raiders, and I mentioned the Chargers need you know help at backup running back. Someone's got to step up behind Eckler and be the power runner, but Eckler's still there. Mm-hmm. Are you doing the story for the Raiders? Which three Raiders need to step up during camp? I would I, assume one of them has to be Someone at backup running back because that may be the starting running back for Josh Jacobs. You saw the obviously because you get the we were talking about it the other night. Uh, you saw the the daily newsletter that comes out from the Sporting yes. Tribune. And we that got was dinner the, the other night. We were talking about so, how good your newsletter is. Yes. So I I well that's Arashis. I sent it to him and I said, hey, because I've been telling him as we go into the football season, let's try to have themed stories across the board with Rams, Raiders, and Chargers. So I want to do it. I put in to do it. I'm waiting to hear back. I'm sure he won't mind it. Um, I'm not going to give up my three ideas because I want people to go and read it. But, yes, there's definitely going to be a running back, and it's one of the ones that you listed. Oh, okay. All right. So This is quite the crew. They've got you know, elders and developmental guys. Well, it's so an, I don't it's, know who's going to step out of line and be at least be the, the bell cow uh, in terms of handoffs. I think you got some receiving backs there. But uh, if Jacobs isn't ready to go – they got some real questions. It's the same situation that they went into last year with training camp in terms of the running backs room, right? Because remember, we were talking about what's going on with Jacobs. I mean, six people in the in the running back room, and then Jacobs comes out, and he's the starting running back in the first two series of the Hall of Fame game. Absurd. What's going on? Is everybody was a battle cry, and then he ends up being the NFL uh, leading rusher. Now... As you listed, there's five, not six, because Jacobs won't, probably won't be there. Um, so, yeah, I have my idea as to who will be. I, I And I won't name others, and I'll mention that in my column because I think they already do that. The, the couple of guys in my mind, they already do they already do their role. They don't need to step up further than what they already have provided. But the person I think that's going to have to, if and there'll be an if factor, if Jacobs isn't in, We'll be in there, and then I'll be a couple of other players. All right. Uh, text line is open. Finley Kia text line. We got the uh, text line running. Demond's going to be in charge of that. Give us feedback on the good text. 69187, Finley Kia text line. 69187. Something we used to use all the time. Bringing it back. 69187 is our text line. That's how you can get to us. Aside Keyword from ESPN. T- Twitter is also a direct way to get to us. It's 69187, and the keyword is ESPN. So when you... Text 69187, include ESPN. It'll come to us because we have uh, multiple stations on that. You don't want it going over to uh, Q Myers and confusing him. Although right now we're talking Raiders and he's talking Raiders. I think I have to look at who we booked today at this time. But yeah, 69187, you give us feedback. And uh, Damon will be the safety net or the arbiter of evil. He could deliver stuff that will get people worked up. So we're looking forward to that. 69187, Feeling Key text line. Finley Kia text line six nine one eight seven. So the running back situation, I know you're trying to keep it all secret. The um, the guys behind Jacobs, Zamir White, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, Britton Brown, Austin Walter. Okay. I mean, this is setting up to be pretty interesting here. And I'd, I mean, what do you think of Jacobs? When do you see him coming in? I think a lot of people are like, oh, he'll be there before the season. Maybe. Saquon Barkley's talking a big game like he ain't going to be ready for week one, potentially. I'm on Josh Jacobs' side here. I know what that kid put in. I I sat there last year, every single media availability during the offseason, after the draft, 
OTAs, mini camp, um, training camp, and what he put his body through to recoup, what he put his mental health through to recoup and get better and get ready. And then what he turned around and sort of had to deal with. And he, 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 uh, he spoke to me candidly after the first few weeks, we did a story on him for AP about what his thought process was with the hall of fame. And I'm going to look that quote up for you and I'm going to get it for you by the end of the show. But it's not that he wasn't happy about it, but it was an eye opener to him. Like, okay, I'm not going to go through this again was basically the message he said. So yeah, I think that that's completely on his mind is what they put him through last year. Okay. We want to see your medal, right? Your Emmy double TLE, get it out here. Let's go. And you're going to start the hall of fame game for, and you're going to do everything that we tell you to do. And he did. Yep. And he led the league. And let's not forget at the end of the season, when everything was lost and gone, that after the DeMar Hamlin thing, I say thing, I don't, I'm not uh, minimizing it. Um, he finds out his father had a heart attack, flies home, is with him, flies in the day of the final game, does media, talks about his dad, talks about the week, gets on a plane and goes back to see his dad. Team first guy. Jacobs. I get it. I know. I understand the run back, running back price tag. I understand that whole philosophy, that whole theory, everything. But Jacobs isn't the bad guy here. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyone who works a job should be able to associate with Josh Jacobs being told, hey, do what you're supposed to do, and everything will work out. And he did exactly. They busted his chops. They tweaked him on multiple levels. And then this offseason comes, and they're like, one-year deal. Wait, that's taking care of me? So... You know, Adam Hill pointed it out yesterday that these situations are all different. Sometimes it's just about money. Sometimes it's a lot deeper and there's a history there and there's stuff you don't forget. So I'm not sure what Josh Jacobs' personality is and if he'll forget. I thought it was interesting yesterday. There were reports that he was sitting there near the deadline in a car with Max Crosby, which, which to me would suggest that they were kind of close on numbers. I mean, have you heard anything about that conversation at all? No. Because then other people are like, oh, the chasm between the Raiders and Josh Jacobs is massive. No, and I, I don't not believe that because of the person that put that out there, if that's the case. And I mean, I know Max, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cross that line to hey, what happened in that because it's just not I don't talk to him in that sense in July. So yeah. I'm not, you know, and if I did, it would be an off-the-record conversation. But the bottom line is this. Uh one one other thing, you talked about personality. Let's not forget what this organization has gone through in the last couple of seasons prior to McDaniels arriving. Hasn't the big thing been about it's time to think about character in the locker room? That's been the big conversation, hasn't it? Yeah. You couldn't ask for a better character than Josh Jacobs. So now back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. It's a big week. We got the uh, VGK Raiders softball game for charity coming up at the LV Ballpark on the 22nd. There's a Fan Fest on 21st and the 22nd. And there's a bunch of meet and greets going on this week, including tomorrow, Steph McKenzie and her sister station, 97.1 The Point, is going to be over at Auto Nation Honda East in uh, Las Vegas on the east side. That's tomorrow, 4 to 6.30. Steph and LT. Your guy, LT, the goalie, Logan Thompson, 97 on the point, out at 
AutoNation Honda East, Las Vegas, uh, prizes plus free food courtesy of Raising Cane's from uh, Crumble Cookies, Buffalo Wild Wings, Porta Subs, and Stefano's. Again, that's uh, 1700 East Sahara tomorrow. Logan Thompson, meeting, greeting, kissing babies. Steph McKenzie will be there from the point. It's 4 to 530, 1700 East Sahara. This week's going to be weird because we're uh, uh, officially, unofficially, officially uh, sort of opening the college football season with football media days. Two days at the Mountain West Conference down at Circa. And then Friday, the Pac-12 is in town at Resorts World. Uh, reports came out today for the Pac-12. No TV deal announced. No details before Football Media Day. So that's going to be a big topic, and they'll have really no answers. And then the Mountain West Conference, I don't know anything Brady Hoke wants to answer 47 times. Hey, where are you going to be coaching in the future? How does it feel to be a pariah and uh, getting kicked out of the league and everyone hates you now? That'll be a good topic at the Mountain West Conference Media Days. How about that? Well, for his sake, it's not his fault. It's no. it's that's the president's fault for sending the damn letter. No. Um, as far as the Pac-12, I still think personally. I mean, and I I don't know. I don't have no. I mean, you know, the office isn't located in Las Vegas. We don't cover that on a regular basis. We cover them when they come here, right? But I think the conference is still playing games based on USC and UCLA leaving, and they're trying to figure out what to do because they know it's their last. They're trying to figure out revenue sharing mm -hmm. and how to finagle around giving them as le as little as possible, make sure they're not on TV. But then you have to worry about, well, but the potential number one draft pick is playing for one of the teams that's leaving. So I think it's a big cluster for them. George Klyavkov basically is in charge of the future of a conference that has been around forever. He doesn't get this right. They don't get this right, no. this collection of presidents. He's playing the games. conference could be gone yep. within five years because – there's several schools that are like, hey, we're going to look elsewhere. And the Big 12 wants to scoop up schools. So you could have a bunch of schools go there. Uh, there are a bunch of schools that are desperate to get in on that Big 10 money. It doesn't mean the Big 10 is going to let them in. So there's so much at stake here, and they still don't have the answers. No. And maybe something – I'm not even going to call it miraculous. Uh, maybe something big is going to break because there are so many unknowns in TV future when it comes to airing sports. You could have new players on the scene. Uh, but then we also see the other side of it, which is – You've got one of the biggest carriers of sports, Disney, and ESPN is firing people left and right. And now they're involved heavily, at least Bob Iger is with the words he's using, they're involved he heavily in the, the strike with SAG-AFTRA. So you know, like right now, can you imagine trying to negotiate anything with Disney people and ESPN? Like we got a lot going on. I, I don't know. You guys have had a year to talk to us and we've told you over and over again, this is about the numbers. We're in, we're out, we're in, we're out. What are you doing? How much longer are we going to be able to put those two words and say that phrase together, Disney and ESPN? Because the writing's on the wall that Disney might be looking to better deal ESPN off. I mean, I, I just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very weird situation all around whenever things come up, you know, like we're, what we're talking about with leagues and conferences and television networks and this, that, and the other, when you think right now sports is like at an all-time high for all of life, especially in Las Vegas. It's all we've been talking about for the past month since the Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. Why? Because things still haven't slowed down. Think about the storylines we were looking for last year outside of the Aces atop the WNBA. What were we talking about last year? Because why? The Golden Knights had been off since April by this time last year. 
right? So everyone was like just waiting for development camp and training camp. They have, it's been just one month. Like the other day was just one month since they had won it. Training camp opens in a couple of weeks or in a couple of months. So with sports at an all time high and all this drama surrounding networks and conferences and leagues and teams and this and that, it's, it's a little troubling. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Do you trust me? <laughs> At the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. I'm not even sure when the hell that happened. Uh, was that from Idol? From the Idol? Damon? It was. It was for the trailer for the show. I don't even think it made the show. Okay. Um, this is a show that we've discussed a lot. We've discussed a lot of shows the last few weeks uh including quarterback which has multiple episodes i got through four last night where are you damon one and a half still still one and a half yesterday was a wrestling okay. day and willie finally watched so we'll get to quarterback in a little bit you're up to three so that's good that's the mahomes kirk cousins Mariota documentary and uh, we all have different impressions of who we like amongst the quarterbacks and who is losing ground we'll get to that i really liked three by the way Go so ahead. With the show The Idol, mm. it really it had everything you'd be looking for as a virile male, I guess, or really anyone who likes women uh, or likes guys. There's a lot of hot guys in it, too, and uh, Sam Levinson is really big on showing wieners, so it's up everyone's alley. Damon came on about what are you, what are you laughing for, Damon? Uh, Damon came on about a week ago and declared it's one of the worst shows ever. It sucked. It was only five episodes. It did, did get dumped. So that actually convinced me to get back into it. And then Willie raced ahead and started raving about it, I think, or at least the way you were describing it. I think you enjoyed it. You finished. And then last night, I finally finished The Idol. I got to tell you, and I think some of it might just be me pushing back. I liked it. And Damon just annihilated the show. I think Damon may just be smarter than me. Because I will admit, I'm kind of dumb and dopey when I watch... TV shows and I read critics and I'm like I don't care on that level you're breaking it down way too seriously but I thought the end of the show and not to spoil it and it, I, I probably won't spoil it because you've been the, the well has been so poisoned by people who say the show sucks it was with the weekend it was with uh, Johnny Depp's daughter who's I mean she is she can play an idol and she is you know she's an attractive young lady I thought the show was pretty damn good I like the ending I think it left a lot open to Interpret, I thought it was good. So, Damon, up yours, buddy. <laughs> Damon, remind me again, outside of you saying you turned into Uncle Paul's number one fan, why didn't you like it? It just felt super unrealistic, where I'm obviously not in the music business, but give me your allegory for a pop star who can headline a world tour with opening acts of their choosing. Let's say your Rihanna's, your Taylor Swift's, you're telling me one guy is just going to take over their entire life, and how are we going to bring him down? The weekend where this was, this was in the rundown, where he's like, hey, Rolling Stone's irrelevant. The entire show, they're catering to a Vanity Fair writer of please don't ruin Jocelyn's career. Where You're telling me Vanity Fair has that much control over this pop star's career and enough to take down someone at the end of the show. Not buying it. So that was my take on the... On Instagram, I like just a quick little take on on my story was that the crowd that doesn't like it 
is probably a younger crowd that doesn't believe that this could actually happen. Now, what I said was, I have seen... If, if, I have if seen, you've lived, kids, have, if yeah, you've lived. Yes, I have seen... I don't know what to tell not, you. Now, let me, let me preface, not with like the number one chart-breaking billboard artist, but I have seen a very similar storyline play out back in the day. And as far as the people that you just mentioned, Rihanna, Beyonce, okay, let's throw them out for a minute and let's enter someone like Britney Spears or Lindsay Lohan or an actress or someone ah! someone who had, ah! had trouble within their career. Yeah. And we don't know what took place behind the scenes. See, that's the big thing is, as it turned out through five episodes, nobody ever knew what took place within whatever the time frame is of Jocelyn's life. No one ever appeared. We knew there was that crazy photo that the end of the show where she brings the weekend on stage and so on and so forth. I thought it was as realistic as, as it could possibly be because of the stories that I have seen, heard, know of. Mm -hmm. Again, and I'm not talking about <laughs> chart-breaking like stars that we would know, but just in general... You go back to the 80s and 90s showgirls when yeah. when when the strip shows were just as big as headliners these days the star of the the lead singer for Splash the lead for Crazy Girls Jubilee Lido de Paris Follies Berger those showgirls all those dancers back then they were headliners big time I have known and seen what it can ha what can happen um Real quick, your guys' thoughts on the weekend acting. Um, real quick, let Damon answer because no, he's been face bombing. Oh, 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 he's face bombed like seventeen <laughs> times during your breakdown. He's outraged. Okay. This is going to be very good for the video audience when Steve puts this up. But uh, it's yeah. just, Willie. I know that you're saying that. Hey, this happened back in the day. But for me, and let's say 2020 beyond, it's just the weekend's character. I'll get. I'll give you my thoughts on his acting. It was bad. Where this guy, he doesn't have the charisma to just say, "Hey, I'm taking over this life." Where the with the initial director of the show when it was more. Of when it was led by a woman, it was more of, hey, this is a cult. She's getting caught up in a cult. That would make more sense to me because I don't know how anybody gets caught up in a cult. If it was more of like, hey, this is his family in a cult and this is how this is happening, I would have been more interested in that dynamic rather than, hey, I find all of these broken artists and I bring the best out of them. How? By telling them to be sexy. You're not you're not hitting that no right because you're not sexy enough. The end, I'm going to spoil this for you. They get they the the tour the Rock Nation or whatever you know you know um they're whatever you know that's supposed to be representing in the show. The guy who's greenlighting the tour he comes over for a performance of Jocelyn and the Weekends' Merry Band of Misfits, and it's just dry humping and grinding. And all of these music executives they leave and say, "Hey, I'm sold. World tour. Let's do that's it." it. Let's go. Grind. They had a guy it's grind realistic. on the woman. Okay, wait. And they had her. Did, did Demond, really? By the way, did Demond just suggest that that our generation and ones before that were kind of dopey and gullible and could fall prey to cults and that no. you can't fall into a cult now in your no. era, Demond? Is that what you were saying? People do it all the time. But I'm just okay. I, I It would have been interesting in for me. Era, it's hard to. No, it would have been more interesting you. for me to see, like, hey, this is how this guy duped this young superstar for his cult because. Besides him being in, he tells me to be sexy. Why are all these people following him? The one area will I, where I will say was kind of un, to me is unrealistic in any in any in any form is I do I have seen like like guys enter females' lives and, and in that quick of an instance based on 
what was involved in terms of depression, drugs, um, alcohol, so on and so forth. But the the immediacy in which he took over the the the, the that that lost me a little bit. But it still kept me. The whole storyline kept me watching. But yes, you're right. The part like with the kitchen and the cook, and then out of nowhere and going, okay, you can go now. And then all of a sudden he took over the business. That part. I was like, eh, okay, that's a stretch. But there were a lot of it. Trust me when I tell you there was a lot of it. Yes, the live audition with the whole with the whole production team coming over in her, which was actually Weekend's Mansion, which that's how they finished it. That that was his house. Um, that was a little crazy. The, the one that, if you remember, when we were texting in our group chat, um, episode four with, the, with Xander, what he does to Xander – that was outlandish. That was wild. Yes. Remember what I'm talking about? Yes. You, what, yeah. you've never had a shot collar on? No, Steve. And why would he stay? There. I mean, the, the, I mean the, the, la- the last time for me was the last time, but, I mean, it can happen. You can, <laughs> if you Steve know, you put get a shot collar on and, you know, they get, worked, get worked a little bit. Yeah, that was part of the <laughs> Jamaica vacation. If Steve put yes. a shot collar on me and pledged loyalty, <laughs> but and then the day after, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm not going to stay okay, and be like, Steve. But let, let, let me answer the question about the weekend. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. I, I want to see the weekend and more stuff. I actually think he's got acting chops. I think that the weekend pulled it off because he everything that we're talking about, we're going, this is so crazy. This is so outlandish. This is this. He made you hate him. Then guess what? He did his job as an actor. Come on. It was so outlandish that he did his job. <laughs> that's how crazy it was. Like when he was just, just – uh, Detoxing, almost just sweating. The hair was all. I look like hell. Yeah, that was great. He's a freaking mess. And then his his eyes are darting around. That come on, that final scene. And I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but apparently a lot of people hated the show. Um, That final scene, you know what the hell's going on? I'm like, someone's gonna die here. This is great. Now no one died, so that was a little disappointing. But I actually, Demond Demond gave the show an F. What do you give it? Eight F. I get no on on my on my on my Instagram uh, review. I gave it a B. Okay, I gave it a B as well, and it might be a B plus. So. We're way off from you, Damon, and I can pretty much guarantee you no one else on the show is going to watch it because you scared him away, so thanks a lot. No, please watch it. Hey, guys, text the show, 69187, keyword yeah. ESPN. ESPN, and then what your message has to be. Let me know if you've watched this show. Let me know what you think. Maybe I'm young and out of touch, and I'm, you know, the feminist you're here in the group. <laughs> Whoever says that, you're young and out of touch. Maybe I'm naive, and I never got to grow up in Willie's world. Yeah, uh, like that's what it sounds is. Pre- Vegas of the 70s and 80s and early 90s is pretty crazy. So yeah, come in here now. You belong to me. Let me <laughs> hey, you know me. I, uh, Cofield, I'm an open book. I don't care. I'm going to say it. Well, there's a lot of eight balls to appreciate that show. I went through a lot of them. <laughs> so, I mean, there's people live crazy lives. I'm not saying I've lived that life, but it you know, didn't shock me some of the stuff I – Saw so people are freaking batty. You know that's what they need. Hold they on, need angst. They, you know, they need it. Willie, uh, Jordan said that you might be able to relate to this. Were there any yeah. parts where you're like, "Yeah, man, I, that was me, all right." Yeah, just in general, just getting caught up, and it was during you know a time in DJing and dancing as a backup dancer to a lot of the groups that were trying to get record on record labels and trying to go beyond oh, being a one-hit wonder and we would do club tours or we go to Lake Havasu. We're talking like late 80s, 90, 91. I think 92 might have been the last one, but um, there were just... <laughs> there were a lot of groupies, there were a lot of strippers and there was a lot of blow involved. So yes. it. it. Um, I didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> you actually, you sent over a note that you tied yourself to the show about getting like 
Reinvigorated? Yeah. What's going know, on here? I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, Did you have a muse? I got to turn your. No, am I the muse? No. Am I the? Am I, I your weekend? In, I got back into. Is Demond your? Is Demond your muse? You gonna run us into the break? Or you gonna let me finish? I might run us into the break. I got back into some therapy sessions in the last month and a half, and what I what the eye opening thing was. This thing brought me back to mm -hmm. my past. And yep. you know what it did? There's such an uncomfortability to it to someone like Demond. That was my comfort zone. So it brought me back to what I considered normal. And it almost like it just, I don't know, it brought a sense of comfortability. All of a sudden I became motivated to work. It, you know what it did? It prepared me for WNBA All-Star Weekend because like I felt motivated. Like I was what? back into my no, I was just back into this. Like I was like, wow, I could I I know this stuff. I see this stuff. I've been through like not again, not singers, dancers, and as far as on a national level, but I've I've led that lifestyle outside of being a recording artist. The show, The Idol, which people hated, including Damon, Willie and I liked. It's on HBO. It's been universally panned as a terrible show. The weekend has been just murdered as an actor. It got dumped early, and Willie and I like it. And now Willie is claiming, you know what? It may have helped him turn the corner in 2023. That is a development. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Hey, sometimes those things happen. That's the That's Willie. If, if the show did that for you, I'm glad the show existed. Which part was it go. where he says where he's telling her, hey, let me see you stretch. Um, or was it where you catch the guy? Let me catch you looking at her again. That, that, that was. Let me catch you looking. I'll curb stop you. I'll curb stop you up and down Rodeo. And he calls the guy over. And says, you like that shit? Let me catch you. So I'm sorry. I, I I don't mean I don't know what you interpret. I yeah, was yeah, 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 no, 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 no. Let me catch you looking at her again. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's a good actor. He pulled it off. I mean, size wise, he doesn't he doesn't fit the role of the bully, but you know, he's I thought he was pretty decent the weekend. So I don't know. Check it out if you want. Demont hated it. We thought it was pretty decent. So uh, we've been watching a lot of TV this summer, including sports stuff. I still have to get into American Gladiators, the uh, ESPN Thirty for Thirty. Uh, we talked about the uh, the Netflix special with Nitro a couple weeks ago, and I know that's been received pretty well. Uh, giveaway time, 364-1100, We got a big charity softball game, Raiders and the Knights going at it. LV Ballpark, it's on Saturday. Gates open at 5.30. Got the home run derby, uh, then the game, and then fireworks later that night. It's Team Max Crosby against Team Riley Smith. We've got two tickets right now, 364 364 Thanks to Finley North Volkswagen uh, at FinleyVW.com. You can grab your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Two tickets right now. Battle for Vegas softball game.